monthly Facebook live show. Well, it isn't exactly monthly. This one is a tiny, <laughs> tiny bit late, but uh, but we'll we'll just pretend this is we'll just say March, April. Um, and and as you can tell, this is not a joke. We're, we're really here on on April 1st. Um, and uh, welcome, everybody. It's so good to, to see you. And uh, the, and as you know, I'm Kid O'Toole. I am the author of Songs We Were Singing, Guided Tours to the Beatles, Lesser Known Tracks, as well as Michael Jackson FAQ, All That's Left to Know About the King of Pop. And as you can tell, I have a special guest here, um, and uh, he's got an awesome background, as you can see. I think he's in the middle of a storm right right now, but he, he's, he'll be safe because he's got some uh, guys back there that I think uh, <laughs> will protect him. <laughs> From, That's right. <laughs> from the storm and then you know uh he's been on here uh many times you you all know him he's a good friend of of all of us he's the author of a great book that came out last year john lennon 1980 the last days of the life he is the author of so many books i think we would be here for an hour if i read them all but just a few of them here uh in addition to that solid state the story of abbey road and the end of the beatles the upcoming all things must pass away harrison clapton and other assorted love songs with uh, jason krupa i can't wait for that that's july right i think that's uh, that's the projected date uh, that's yeah that that's and coming. um you, you'll have to have jason on he is yes paid. Just last night, he was sharing with me an amazing isolation he made of George um, and uh, the Krishna backing vocals for My Sweet Lord. Oh, it oh, was that, sweet. Yeah. Oh, that sounds fabulous. Well, yes, definitely he will be on. But uh, and the two of us have written, uh, co-edited and, and worked on a book together. And that's what uh, we're going to be talking about uh, today. And we will also uh, take your question. You could ask us uh, anything, but I think you all know him very well. Dr. Ken Womack. Ken, as always, great to see you. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, you too, Quit Queen. It's good to be here. Uh, I, you know, I would rather be here than anywhere else, including the beach behind me, where obviously it's a strange mixture of a storm and fireworks. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, you need to take uh, take shelter there. I, I don't know. No, absolutely. <laughs> I have a I have a rain slicker over here, so I'll be fine. 
There you go. Excellent. So uh, so while we're waiting, uh, people are, are just starting to tune in. Oh, Daryl Roberts. Hello. Oh, nice. good. He's officially vaccinated. Yay. I, I'm going to get my second vaccine tomorrow. So I'll be I'm almost there. Ah. <laughs> so, Ken, you're you're all you're all vaccinated. Yes. Right? As of, uh, a week ago, Sunday. Excellent. Almost two weeks, two weeks on Sunday. Excellent. Yep. I know it's, it's, it's such a, a good, good feeling. So while we're waiting for more people to tune in and we'll tell you guys all about our book, uh, I just thought we'd uh, spend a couple of minutes just letting everybody know what we're, we're both working on our, our various uh, projects. We're, you know, busy, busy, busy. So uh, Ken, particularly you, first of all, you've got your podcast uh, that uh, that's doing incredibly well, Everything Fab Four. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and all the great guests you've had on there? Sure. So I'm doing that um, in partnership with, uh, you know, our good friend, Nicole Michael. And um, I have, uh, we've just had some amazing guests. Uh, Nancy Wilson, a few weeks ago, she was incredible. Um, lots of great conversations coming up. Uh, so I hope folks will tune in. Um, I'm editing this weekend. Uh, this is a family favorite when it comes to our place. So um, I'm editing John Roberts, uh, who plays uh, Mrs. Belcher on Bob's Burgers. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm pretty excited about that as a Bob's Burgers. The only show I would argue in the history of TV that does not have a bad episode. Cool. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. Great. Um, I told that to John Roberts too. He seemed, uh, he frankly seemed daunted. Uh, by, <laughs> yeah. And then he went into his Linda Belcher voice, which is wonderful. Um, <laughs> so working on that, uh, as you know, those kinds of things are a pretty regular job um, mm. as, as it were. And uh, just excited to see this, uh, this Harrison Clapton book finally out in the world. We've been working on it for several years. Wow, real oh wow. That well, and it'll be great. I mean, obviously with with you and Jason, I mean, he is he is a, a font of knowledge as well. I mean, you know, we had him on Talk More Talk uh when Phil Spector passed and and uh, <laughs> yeah. boy was I mean, he boy did he know his stuff. <laughs> he really does and he um he uncovered via some some really deft interviews a lot of new information particularly about all things from his past. Um, and we were able to correct some of the timeline with Layla. Uh, I did try, I think Jason mentioned this to you. I did try corresponding with Phil Spector. He wrote me back, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> but uh, literally nothing was usable. Uh, because <laughs> I'm shocked. Bring, yeah, I know. I would bring up questions about Harrison and Clapton and others, and he would he wanted to talk about how he was allegedly innocent of mm. uh, the reason why he was incarcerated uh, he actually sent me a book from amazon it was quite good oh really oh yeah, yeah it was about uh it was about forensic science and um, oh, dear. <laughs> it wasn't uh i think as exculpatory as he may have thought yeah i bet yeah I bet. and he finally uh i guess in his way he finally came out and uh his last message and suggested that that's the book that we should be working on instead Ah, uh, it was the one about him and, you know, sure. Uh, yeah, I, I bet. I bet you're, you're like, yep, I'm, I'll get right on. He strongly it. figures in it, you know, but uh, yeah, oh, of Jason, course. Uh, and Jason did get some some good information, not from Phil, because he didn't want to talk about making that album. But he did get some interesting information that helps us understand what Phil was going through that that summer of 1970. 
Absolutely. Well, that's a book I, I'm looking forward to. And hopefully I can get you guys on here and, and talk more talk and all that. So we can we can talk about that when the book comes out. Because I'm, I'm, And I'm dying to read it. Absolutely dying to read it. So you've got that. And you've got, um, of course, the uh, the classes, the Fab Four Master Classes, which uh, folks, if, if you haven't taken this class uh, with Scott Fryman uh, as well, I mean, if, if you think you know everything about the Beatles albums, and I will admit, I was one of those people that thought, well, I know these albums pretty well. well. you are the queen of all Beatles media. <laughs> well, <laughs> but still, you know, well, you don't. Um, I mean, <laughs> they will tell you things about the albums and they play these incredible isolations uh, and talk about the making of the albums. And I guarantee you, you will learn something. Um, Those have been a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you brought those up because what has especially been meaningful to me, uh, and I'm glad even someone of of your caliber has learned a couple things, but, Mm -hmm. and I have too in doing the work, but what's really been extraordinary is the community that has developed. I mean, it's several hundred people who just, they live in that chat room, that chat box. Yeah. You know, um, and it's fun to uh, to interact with the chat as it happens in nearly real time because we have a 30 second delay. Right. Um, but in nearly real time to be able to respond uh, to questions. It's been really cool. Absolutely. And uh, and our, our good friend Nicole is in the chat. Good. She just uh, uh, put in how to sign up for the course. And, and uh, uh, folks, it's really, really worth it very reasonably priced and that if they are in the middle of the white album right now it's uh Uh, no we're in the first third of the white album exactly there are three (laughs) three sessions the white album they've done the first so now they're in the second so i i cannot strongly enough recommend it and don't you agree it really uh it could be four oh easily (laughs) easily four i mean you could probably teach a whole course on the white album let's face it yeah, I, I did at Penn State. Um, oh, I did, did you? A, yeah, we. I've, I taught my intro to Beatles course there for many, many years. And mm-hmm. one semester, the student said, we need an advanced Beatles course. And I said, OK, so if I run this, you're really going to take it. And we did a seminar on the White Album. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was, it was pretty cool. Oh, that would have been so cool. Oh, what that would have been so fun to teach. And oh, that is that is awesome. And I absolutely can see that. Maybe one day. I'm there. Uh, you know, I, I, I think there's a there's got to be a way. We, we're there, I, I am so there. <laughs> we're mastering this technology, right? So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am so there. And then finally, the record club, uh, folks. If you haven't uh, joined in on the Tuesday night record club, where have you been? Um, this is it is so much fun. Uh, it's free, um, and every month. Uh, it's through Monmouth uh, University. Every month they cover uh, a different album, a classic album uh, from all different genres, too. Uh, and uh, and it's uh, usually uh, Ken and a, a co-host and go through not all usually not all the tracks, but many of them um, and just go through and talk about what makes this album unique, uh, why it's such a classic. And I swear I'm not saying this because I've co-hosted a few of these sessions. It really is a great, great time. So, Ken, what are the last? I know you're coming up on the end of the this uh, season. Sure, and this oh. is this is actually our sixth year. Wow! 
is it five or six? it's fifth year this is the end of our fifth season mm -hmm. um and uh full disclosure the idea came from uh our uh, you know our good friend and and colleague bob santelli oh who, you know uh former uh, head of the grammy museum in la uh and he built all of our affiliates monmouth university is one of them and bob is the executive director of our bruce springsteen archives and center for american music and uh i said to him uh, six years ago, I need to. I would like to do something that would build a community. Um, and he suggested, why don't you guys do some kind of record thing? And I thought Tuesday Night Record Club, there it is. And so Bob, Bob suggested this idea and it has been a lot of fun. And uh, again, it's really more about the community than the people who, in our case, zoom in and out. It's, um, <laughs> and you, by the way, are a particular, a particular fan favorite among uh, not just our Monmouth University folks, but uh, I, I think across the nation, indeed the world oh, um, at this point. So um, uh, we have two more episodes left Tuesday night. It's Depeche Mode's 1990 album, Violator, um, with a very special guest we'll be co-hosting. Um, in fact, the it is prepped and ready to go. So uh, if Can't you- wait. Yeah, and you can sign up through Monmouth University Center for the Arts or just go to my website and it's on a banner on the right side. And Nicole yeah. has the link in the comments. So she <laughs> is right there. You there. Go. See? <laughs> He's uh, on top of it. Indefatigable. Indefa yep. <laughs> indefatigable. Indefatigable. There it is. There you go. Anyway, yeah, I got it. Um, <laughs> She's on it. Awesome. Uh, so we'll be doing that one. And uh, my wife, Janine, will be co-hosting. She is a Depeche Mode aficionado and has published on Depeche Mode. So yep, she is an expert. Yeah. So, so yep. uh, and what a record, you know, a lot of people don't, um, don't really think much about uh, Depeche Mode. They sort of align them as some sort of electronica, right? That, that exists in the eighties. And there's a move toward the guitar in 1990. Uh, that they've never stopped. Uh, they really are a bona fide rock band. Um, they're not just, as Rolling Stone once put it, kind of in a sinister fashion, they're not just uh, the dark corner of the dance floor. <laughs> uh, they're, they're rock and roll's dark corner uh, of the dance floor. So that'll be a lot of fun. It, it includes, you know, songs like Personal Jesus yeah. and... Uh, Oh my gosh. Enjoy the silence. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a monster. The record. Um, that was a big record for them. Absolutely. Um, and then, uh, and it was the precursor to songs of faith and devotion, which is, um, Oh, that it, was a huge record too. I, it may even be better really. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, and then we're doing Graceland, the Paul Simon record closing out the year. We will do some <laughs> summer record clubs, probably three of them. Mm -hmm. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. I didn't know you're doing summer ones. Excellent. Yeah. yeah so excellent. there you go. Who knows wow. kit? You may be doing one too. All right. Okay. Well, this is <laughs> fantastic. All right. Well, there are always a lot of things going on. So, you know, um, a great one would be um, just an entire record club on Mr. Moonlight versus Leave My Kitten Alone. I yeah. could do that. <laughs> oh, I am so there. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. There you <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's <laughs> go. Oh, man. That'd be, that'd be an awesome one. Oh man, that'd be great. All right. Well, that is that really, uh, I just wanted to make sure everybody knew about all those things because those are, I mean, it's just been so much fun. And, and I'll tell you, particularly last year, 
during, you know, when we were all under lockdown and, and everything, boy, were they lifesavers. <laughs> they really were. It's, and I'm glad I, they're I love, continuing. Yeah, I love the community that develops out there, too. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we do a book club, too, as you know, which mm -hmm. is sort of the opposite yes. number of the record club. And it's only mm -hmm. in its first full year. But the other night we did uh, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, which is a oh, wonderful yeah. book. Um, and, um, you know, I was expecting like 15 people. It hasn't built up like the record club, which can be in the several hundred. But yeah. um, the next thing you know, there are like 120 people because two other different book clubs had come into ours via Zoom. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, I said afterwards, we need to create some synergy here and, uh, you know, cross promote amongst each other because uh, they were dynamite. Mm, cool. Wow. Yeah, so. That's that's quite a jump in attendance. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing I, I read the book again that day. Oh, well, that's great. You're, you would have been in trouble. I don't want to be in trouble. No. That's my biggest fear. Yeah. <laughs> that's right that's great oh man well that's great well let me just mention a couple of things before we get to uh the main topic and i gotta say boy there are a lot of people here who've joined in candy leonard which uh we'll be talking we'll be mentioning you candy in just a little bit um sean galliard hello sean um and uh gosh who else tom green my buddy tom christine feldman verrett great, great friend of ours. Um, Hudson Ranny, I'm going to be mentioning you in just a minute. Um, and uh, just so many uh, good, good friends here. So thank you all for tuning in. Um, so uh, I just have a couple of things. Uh, first off, the latest um, episode of Talk More Talk is up. Uh, we did a review of uh, Ringo's new EP, Zoom In, and actually, Ken, you wrote a, a review of that, uh, was on Salon, where, right, was on, was that on Salon? It was, I, yeah. I really, I found I enjoyed that, uh, that record a lot. Me and, too. Yeah, okay. and it's, uh, it's refreshing, um, you know, for no other reason, uh, while people have sometimes, uh, been less than kind to Ringo, uh, I, I do find this album just filled with optimism and, and yep. great energy. And me too. You know, surely that has value somewhere in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we we gave it a, a great review. And I know people say, well, you're a, a solo Beatles show. Of course you are. No, I mean, it really was a great record. I mean, we really enjoyed it. And so uh, so check it out. It's on our YouTube page. It's on our Facebook page. It's on virtually any podcasting platform uh, that, that you subscribe to. So check it out. Also want to make an announcement. We changed the date of our next show. It's going to be April 12th. Uh, it's going to be Monday, April 12th. So mark your calendars. We had to change it because, I mean, it, it's just incredible. Can't go into it. It was like a perfect storm of events. happened <laughs> yeah, from dental surgeries to family emergencies. I mean, it was incredible. So we just could not do it uh, this coming Monday. Um, everybody's fine, but but it's uh, it just was not going to happen. So mark your calendars, April 12th, usual time, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we have a fun show planned. Um, so we will post this um, on, uh, on our Facebook page and everything, but just wanted to let you guys know that we're not going to have our usual show this Monday. It's going to be the following Monday. 
Um, and uh, and hopefully, uh, Ken, when your schedule if it ever settles down, uh, we'll get you back on the show and and uh, and we'll uh, have a Fab Five reunion. <laughs> well, that would be lovely. Uh, full disclosure: I'm teaching a Bruce Springsteen course on Monday nights, and so of course, yeah, of course. So uh, next you know, week, maybe some Tunnel of Love. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, that's a great record. And I'm not a huge Springsteen fan, but I love Tunnel of Love. That's a that's a good one. There you go. That's one of my favorites of his. Yeah, you sure. love a brilliant disguise. That's right. <laughs> one step up that's my well, that's a that's another right. great one that's a great track so anyway um so that's going on there also i mentioned hudson a minute ago i am uh, i was uh, honored enough to be uh, asked by him to be a guest on his podcast i know i know and we talked about walls and bridges which is one of my favorite john lennon albums i love that record um and so he very kindly asked me to come on his show and talk about it um he is a new voice in, in the Beatles community, and his podcast is, is such a, a joy to listen to. He interviews, it mainly focuses on the solo years, and I keep forgetting that he's 13. Uh, he's, he's just <laughs> uh, incredible. I mean, he knows way more than I did at 13. And so, Ken, if you haven't listened to a show, you have to listen. And, do. I'm, and I'm sure he would love to have you on because he and you, he just will blow you away um awesome. and, that's, and that's lovely i mean he is he is just and the nicest nicest guy and so uh, we had a great conversation about walls and bridges so check it out on his youtube uh channel uh i know i know a solo beatles podcast and it's on my facebook page so uh so that's uh that's really all i wanted to to mention right now that's what's going on so uh so let's get to our main topic, which hopefully this won't disappear. Yep, I knew it would in this, uh, in my yellow submarine background. There we go. Our book uh, that, yeah, there it goes, that we've been, <laughs> see, this is what I sacrificed for these fun Zoom backgrounds. Uh, Fandom in the Beatles, the act you've known for all these years. Uh, we co-edited uh, this book together. We've been, you know, talking a little bit about it on uh, different uh on different occasions, but I thought it would be great to come on here together and kind of explain what it is. And, and uh, you know, we've been working on it for a few years. And... Uh, yeah, more than a few years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, we're on, you know, here we are on your show. Um, what do you think? Uh, should we offer full disclosure on how this came about? <laughs> sure. Well, okay, so... That um, was my first question. So, well, I think it's a so fun. Ken story. actually approached me. So, I did. Approached me. yeah, uh, so, completely so above board. You, yeah. So, so, so you start. How sure. did you come about with this so idea? I was at a conference um, when there was a time kit, uh, not so long ago, really, where people would go to academic conferences and they go in person. Wow. Oh, is without masks. No, there were, you know, there was no such thing really, except in surgery. Mm -hmm. And uh, any of in any event, I went to the Popular Music, uh, Popular Culture Association's annual conference. It was one of the biggest ones, by the way. I went to one of those many, many years That's ago. Right, you know, they presented, have like yeah. 20,000 people. It's enormous. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and I think they're all giving papers <laughs> too. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a big thing and has a huge book room. And um, I saw a series on uh fandom 
uh, and I don't recall the press at the moment, but uh, they had uh, a number of, of really cool titles. The Big Lebowski was one, wasn't it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, so I, I saw it and I called up Kit and I said, you know, this could be us. And uh, we wrote up a proposal uh, for this series. And frankly, it was a really good one because you don't, you don't go shabby. No, you know, no that's just not your style. Kid. No, so, not at all. Anyway, um, not shabby at all. And then they rejected it. And uh, we were, I, I was flummoxed. I think you were co-flummoxed, right? That's right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I just made that up. <laughs> anyway, um, so in any event, uh, we got on the phone and I said, you know, we've got we to gotta get revenge here. <laughs> you know, so what press could we go to that would far outstrip this very small uh, commercial press that I, I'm not picking on them, but I don't think folks would have heard of them. They really just did this series and a couple of other things. Right. Um, so we went to, you know, the top. Uh, wouldn't you say? I would say so. You know, I mean, Oxford, uh, it's old. Uh, the press, old. Um, you know, the Oxford University Press. And we thought that would be a good way. We just thought, you know, this is this is so us, right? We just thought, let's just aim for the stars and then we'll we'll land this somewhere. Yeah. And uh, we gathered up a number of folks, uh, including the great Candy Leonard, um, uh, who is, is uh, I hope, watching tonight. And, yep. um, you know, that was it. We, we made the pitch. And amazingly, here we are. Yep. Absolutely. And it was, you know, these academic presses uh, all too well, Kit, right? I mean, we went through mm -hmm. the reader process and we were vetted externally. Oh, were we ever? Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> it, was, it was a very long process. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and we really, um, you know, we asked, you know, people that we knew who were, you know, scholars that, that we knew were. We wanted really... people who were better than us. It was yeah, really. Right. <laughs> It was really the goal, um, you know, and uh, I think we succeeded in that. We did. I mean, yeah. we the, the people who, who wrote for this are, are really top notch, um, you know, and, and we've known them for I, I think I think I, I know in person virtually everybody. There might be like one person that I haven't met in person. But, you know, but you'll I, fix that. Yeah, right. Well, as soon as, as we're out of this, this insanity, I plan to remedy that. And uh, but but I've known them, you know, through correspondence and, and all that. But a lot of them I've known from conferences and, and all that. And of course, Candy, I know very well. Um, and, and Katie Kaperch. Um, sure. and, and I mean, I mean, let's face it, you know, Candy's like the dean of fan studies in some way. Richard Mills. Yep, absolutely. Richard Mills. Book. Is, yeah, wrote a terrific book and, and came up with the term, which I love, progressive nostalgia, mm. um, which I, I, you know, think is a terrific term. So let's, uh, so we are, are wanted to explain what this book is. Now, as you've gathered, it is an academic book, but it is very approachable. You know, we really wanted to make it approachable. I don't um, think a single person used a phrase, uh, post-structuralism or post-modernism. No. Yeah, we didn't want that stuff. I mean, it's, I don't think anybody, which is fine. Nobody even said like interstices or liminal spaces. Oh my God, you're giving me such bad flashbacks right now. <laughs> oh, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Uh, 
just just stop ken just just yeah, stop yeah no. no i will i will i will uh, <laughs> bad trip man um but you know we, we wanted it to to be you know i mean yes it is it is academic but it's very accessible because this is about fandom you know there's so many books as we all know out there about the beatles themselves um and uh you know and the music but we wanted to focus on fans and what makes the beatles why have they for all these years retain their fans and keep attracting new fans i mean there have obviously been so many other bands that you know certainly are are still around today or or continue to um you know their music is is continued to to be played but you know the beatles there are still, as we all know, conventions. Um, you know, there are so many uh, Facebook groups that are are uh, dedicated to them. Cirque du Soleil shows, movies, documentaries. I mean, the list and goes fiction. on and on. Fan and fiction, fiction. and fiction. Um, and so, one of the things we wanted to explore in this is why. You know, what is it about this group that has, a, you know, a attracted all of this that that has made them um you know they're they're not uh it isn't just nostalgia and they've never um you know they they've they've just continued to they, they, they've never become passe that's no. what i'm looking for they've never become passe um, no and of course we all uh i think folks know this who uh would watch a facebook live with the likes of uh kid o'toole um <laughs> that one of the thing that that creates new fans and is doing so right now is that fresh music you know somebody is hearing the beatles for the first time some 13 year old or mm -hmm. or younger uh and they're just being amazed by this this uh incredible sound uh that in many ways for them is will always have existed and now they can and just uh completely take that deep dive uh into that world um and you mentioned our preface i believe earlier uh which was uh, no by... i didn't actually no we, we need to mention that go ahead okay rewind <laughs> um yeah our preface was written by mark lapidos uh the founder of uh, the fest for beatles fans then the beatles fest uh or beatle fest was it Beatles or Beetlefest? I think it was Beetlefest. I yeah, did check Beetlefest. to make sure we had that right. Mm -hmm. In any event, uh, but he's been so good at his marketing, it's it's kind of dislodged the previous name. <laughs> I know. Um, and we felt that it was important to have him uh, say a few words because, of course, in a lot of ways, he's part of the the culture that invented fandom, at least contemporary notions of it. Um, you know, he's really becoming a central player in that, uh, regardless of whether or not you've enjoyed or not enjoyed Beatles Fest, it has been um, a stalwart really in creating fan culture and the idea of cons uh, and, uh, and those sorts of things. So it's, it's, uh, it's an essential story and, and he makes a lot of sense to be helping us to kick things off and, and frankly, um, I'm very proud of our dedication to who arguably would be the first fan right. Absolutely. And, and she um, had just passed away as we were finishing up, send, I think it was the final version of the manuscript, uh, manuscript uh, Astrid, um, uh, Astrid Kircher. We decided to dedicate uh, the volume to her. 
uh, because she was kind of the the ultimate fan and uh, and you know and zero yeah exactly and one of the other reasons too and this is one of the points that many of our authors make uh, in this is that not only was she a fan but she wasn't a passive fan you know she became part of their story and that's one of the things that we talk about in this book and many of the authors talk about is that fandom isn't just about sitting and listening to their music and all that you you become part of the story and in many cases you know many like like the two of us we've become historians you know we we are part of writing their story and and part of you know preserving their legacy other people you know have, have are podcasting and and um you know uh, presenting new perspectives on their story so we we are active participants in in their story um and certainly with astrid i mean she helped develop their image uh you know so uh so she was you know we wanted to dedicate this to her for many many reasons um and uh, and so yeah she just happened i mean it was just timing that she passed as we were just getting the manuscript ready and we just thought you know what better tribute right and of course frankly we should have just been doing it anyway but exactly but uh but yeah when that happened we just thought absolutely i'm just going to share my uh screen here to show the uh table of contents so you guys um can uh, see what um the contents look like and so that's that's the cover um and uh and it was really important i i actually found that photo because i wanted it to show men and women um because we do talk about that uh in the book that you know the the stereotype is you know the screaming fainting girls and of course that was part of the story but there were plenty of men who were who were fans as well um, in the first generation. So as you can see there, I believe I forget if that was in Germany. I, I'm trying to remember if it was at an airport. No, no, that's in New York. That's uh, Susan Radisher Ryan right there. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> that's SRR. I think she's got a. Well, she wasn't SRR then, but you never. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just SR. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and uh, but also, you know, I wanted it to to show, um, you know, women and women and, and girls there that they're they're enthusiastic, obviously, but not, you know, the typical pictures of them falling over. And, you know, I wanted it to be a more balanced uh, portrayal. So uh, so that's uh, that's the cover. Now, uh, here are the contents. And uh, just wanted to give you guys an idea of the kinds of topics uh, that uh, that we cover and uh, and to show that, you know, yes, as I said, it's a bit of an academic slant, but not, you know, nothing. Uh, it's still really interesting. And I think topics that you all will find interesting and, and can relate to, um, you know, we separated it as yesterday, today and tomorrow. So, you know, first generation fans, today's fans and future generations. Um, and, uh, and as you can see here, as I said, we, we have some, uh, I mean, the authors that contributed are, are just, um, you know, just top notch. So Ken, are there any, uh, you know, any uh, chapters here you want to mention um, in, in particular that uh, you want to um, 
you know, pull out as examples? Of sure, sure. I mean, Mike about? Brocken, uh, I think, is an important one because heritage tourism, um, and it will rise again post-pandemic. Heritage yes. tourism, you know, is not just a, buzz, a buzzword. It is, you know, uh, quite literally uh, the lifeblood of how a number of new fans are grown in this day and age, right? So um, it was important for us to have that as part of the story. Uh, Ken Campbell, my colleague here at Monmouth, uh, did an excellent piece um, and did, uh, you know, a full-scale study of, of younger folks, such as the one in our classes these days, right now, in college and universities. Um, that was a, an excellent moment. Um, there's a, a really wonderful piece uh, by you, <laughs> if I may. <laughs> sure. Uh, Good. Then I don't um, have to talk about myself and look yes, like no, I'm no, you don't. You don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, that's a particularly strong piece on fandom. Um, you know, and, and I, I wasn't joking when I said earlier, we really felt, you know, Candy Leonard was essential uh, given her work. And uh, quite frankly, you know, I, I feel terribly amiss now. Remiss. Amiss. Remiss. Um, <laughs> something miss yep. <laughs> uh, involving uh, I think the finest book this year so far and, and props for a while is uh, um, is uh, Christine Feldman Barnett's book uh, when yes. the Beatles um, you know which uh, is a uh, just a first rate study uh, and and a number of occasions in there talks about uh, this kind of creation so it's probably not best to talk about somebody else's book when you're talking about this one, but no, you know, I don't all, mind. It's, it's yeah, it's all part too. of the story. And it uh, is, I was very proud to review that for rock music studies recently. It, it should be out soon. Um, in any event, uh, it's a really strong collection and uh, Kit, Kit's not kidding when she says it's actually readable, you know, yes. anyone who's accidentally stumbled upon an academic book and thought, Oh, this is going to be great. And then felt walled out by language. Um, that won't be a problem here. You yeah. will be walled in by language, <laughs> Beatles right. language. Yeah, exactly. And and one of the other um, uh, chapters I, I just want to mention here is, um, if, if you can see it here, uh, chapter six, uh, How Does It Feel to Be? Beatles Tribute Bands and the Fans Who Dream Them mm. by Aviv Kamei, who is part of a, of a tribute, Beatles tribute band. He really does play in one um, out of Michigan. And I'm, I'm blanking out on the name of the band right now. He's going to kill me. But, um, but he wrote about, and I'm so glad he agreed to do this because I thought I wanted somebody to write about tribute bands who actually plays in one. Um, <laughs> and he talks about, you know, from that perspective, the whole issue of, you know, the, the sort of the contract you make with fans when you play in one that you're obviously recreating not only the musical experience, but the, you know, the concert experience. But as a performer, you want to, I mean, you know that you're you're entering this contract and you're trying to recreate the experience, but you do want to put a little bit of your own personality in it, but you can't exactly do that because that's not what the audience expects. And I mean, it's it's really a, a unique position to be in as, a, you know, a, a tribute um, band musician. So it's fascinating to read that from from that perspective. And, you know, and again, this sort of contract that the that you know, these tribute band musicians, I mean, unspoken, I mean, you know, but uh, it's, you know, just really interesting. And, and um, Esmo, yes, uh, Esmeralda Esmo just, just wrote and said, it's true. Yeah, of course you would know. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you you would love this chapter. You would have you would really uh, would relate. Well, um, she is, uh, you know, of the magical mystery girls, of course. Exactly. So the yep. MMGs. The MMGs, exactly. So you you know what he's talking about. Um, uh, Sean Gallier just said we need a Beatles tribute band documentary. Isn't there one in in progress? Uh, there's been one in the works. I did hear about one recently uh, from a good friend of the Fest for Beatles fan, Simon Weitzman. Yes. Um, I don't believe he's making it, but um, we were talking about it. Yeah, I think yeah. it's something which is a good idea because it's. I think uh, so. It's a it's a fascinating kind of subculture, isn't it? Uh, yep. A colleague of mine here at Monmouth University, Rich Veit, uh, who's now our dean, Rich uh, has written uh, or is writing a book rather about um, revolutionary war reenactment. Um, and I think there is a certain interconnection, right? There are interstices between <laughs> uh, between the, the reenactors. Uh, and uh, and the Beatles tribute bands. I think it's interesting. Yep, absolutely. And that's so that's the thing, you know, this this whole book has to do with fan studies. And as you can see, there are so many applications to this, you know, this whole issue of fan studies and the, and this whole this whole area has grown so much over the past. I don't know. What, what would you say, Ken, like 20 years or maybe, maybe even more, maybe the nineties. Um, I oh, don't absolutely. know. Um, and uh, it, it's a, it's a kind of like a cross section or a, a sort of scientific study of the historical geologic layers, right. Uh, in Be Beatles fan culture that have, it's just been endlessly proliferating in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. And um you know, a fascinating aspect we saw just last year in, um, I believe it was one of the trades, maybe it was Billboard, reported some Spotify data, which demonstrates that uh, the Beatles are really penetrating just about the same uh, demographic spheres that they were at the end of their career, mm -hmm. um, which is quite fascinating. And, uh, you know, I, I don't say this because it means the Beatles are a going concern. That is right. a given. Um, but rather that they're able to make lasting and often and most often lifelong connections with uh, people who love music. Yeah. And, uh, it won't stop and it certainly won't stop uh, well anytime soon. Yeah, obviously. If ever. I, I don't know. I, you know, Tony Barrow is right. Yep, absolutely. And so, yeah, so that's the thing, I think, when you when you guys read this, that that is what you will be asking yourself, because I don't know if I can honestly say that we definitively answered the question, what is it about the Beatles that, you know, that, you know, really made them stay relevant? I mean, there's no one answer, in other words. Um, I mean, they're they're many answers but you know what is it about them that keeps attracting new fans that made them never you know go out of style they never became passe um you know what is it about this band well, um, and, and we have to turn i think to john lennon in the last months of his life in his spate of interviews that last great spate of interviews he said you know I, I know everybody wants a reunion and they maybe they want to relive the past it could be nostalgia I'm paraphrasing but you yeah, know right. ultimately he said it you have all these great records and it really always returns to the 
to the music. It's not, right. they're not resting on the reputation of the help film or, mm-hmm. um, or you know, or what have you. It's uh, the totality of, of the experience of the music. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, some of these other chapters, um, you know, mentioned here talk about their image. Um, you know, for, uh, Michael Frontani talks about um, the Beatles and their fans image and the media um, with really interesting the different ways that the Beatles were presented um, to British media as opposed to American media. I mean, as we all know, um, Brian Epstein made sure that all the pictures of them, um, you know, partying in, uh, in Hamburg and, you know, the wide-eyed pictures of them holding the pills, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that they were taken away. Um, and, you know, and, and I think I, I think he mentions in that chapter that their working class roots were really emphasized in Britain, not so much in America, you know, things like that. Um, so he talks about that. Uh, Punch Shaw, a good friend of ours, talks about how John Lennon's um, image has changed or not changed, um, you know, um, over the years and, and since his death. Um, you it's know, remarkable, and- isn't it, how, um, you know, he's now been gone <laughs> longer than he was alive right exactly Uh, sadly and Mm -hmm. um in that period you know he's still a flashpoint uh for Mm -hmm. so many debates about his life and times we see it every day in facebook groups right Mm -hmm. yep exactly i mean it's it's amazing it's it's just how it is it's it's so complicated i mean it, it really is and and he uh, talks about that quite a bit. And, um, and I mentioned Katie Kapertz earlier, she talks about um, uh, Beatles, gender and sexuality, um, you know, and that's a whole issue. And uh, you mentioned uh, Christine Feldman Barrett, she talks about this, uh, explores this issue in, in her book uh, a bit, and, um, and, you know, well, more than a bit. Uh, but uh, but she, this is another issue uh, when it comes to um, fan studies is, you know, the issue of gender, how, you know, women respond, you know, differently or, or don't. Um, And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, that's a whole other field. um, That's absolutely fascinating. And that's getting deservedly so a lot more attention than than it used to. And uh, Mark Duffett talks about um, fan fiction. Now, I know, Whenever you mention fan fiction, there are some people who say, not my cup of tea. Even if it isn't, it's a fascinating study (laughs) of of fandom. It really is. It goes. (laughs) It really does. It really does. And I know, as I said, you know, you say some people you say it and you say, you know, some people just say, oh, I don't want any part of it. It it really is fascinating to, to look at it. And by the way, there is some. I've read some good fan fiction. I mean, it isn't all, you know, I mean, I've, there are, there is some that's well done, but um, you know, it's, it's fascinating to look at it though, whether, no matter how you feel about it. And it's it's a large, right. It's a large expression of fandom. It really is. It is fascinating to look at its roots. And by the way, it's not just, you know, about Beatles. I mean, there's fan fiction about virtually anything you can think of, television shows, film, anime, you know, you name it. There, you know, chances are there's fanfic about it. Um, (laughs) You know, anything you can think of, you know, maybe there's fanfic about Talk More Talk. I don't know. 
<laughs> I think there is about you. Oh, uh-oh. Oh, yeah, no, no, there's some fan fiction about you. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. You know, it's good stuff. I mean, oh, it's a, okay. Well, it's a little it's saucy, capable. quite frankly. But oh, it's, okay. It's well, good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So I think yeah. Ed, Chen, Ed Chen writes a lot of it. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Ed, don't do it. Don't do it. But uh, yeah, now, uh, Dara, yeah, you mentioned you read it, that you, uh, Dara says you read uh, fan fiction, particularly John Woods. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are a lot of fans of, of fan fiction, and that's great. And there are some good writers. I've, I've read them. So I'm definitely not putting down um, all fan fiction. But I'm just mentioning because I know some people when when you mention it, they say, no, 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 really, no, it's a great it. chapter. Are fans of fan fiction, are those meta fans? I don't know. That's a good question. That's why wow. I ask you. I figured you would know. Oh, uh, meta fan. That's interesting. Fans of fan fiction. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's that's interesting. I actually wrote about fan fiction in the oh, mid to late 90s. That's how I first met Susan Ryan, actually. Was it uh, in the Northern it, Star? Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not for that. Uh, for Beetle Fan. Ah. Because at the time... Um, you know, when the internet was really, you know, like I, I was just, I just started writing for Beetle Fan like a couple of years before when I was writing and, and still do the column um, reviewing uh, Beatles websites. And I noticed that these fan fiction sites were just exploding and they were at the time. I mean, you know, because before then, uh, fan fiction writers couldn't get their work out other than just, you know, Xeroxing their work and passing it around to friends or maybe had well, fanzines, you know, things like that. When the internet came along, they could get their work out to, you know, worldwide audiences. Um, and so I wrote an article about it. This, you know, as I remember saying to Bill King, the, the editor in chief, I'm like, I'm telling you, this is really growing. And, uh, and so I did, I wrote an article about it. And, and that's, that's how I first met Susan Ryan, because at the time, she ran a website uh, called Rooftops, Rooftop Sessions. And it was a very good one, because she, unlike a lot of the sites at the time, she actually edited the, the stories and would not accept any story that came along. That yeah. sounds like SRR. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So it was a, you know, it was like really quality, you know, she would not accept just anything. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was a big deal, um, at, you know, uh, the time. So, so we really, this book looks at a lot of different areas of, of fandom. So there's kind of something for everybody, I think um in in our book so um i yeah uh that's true candy leonard just wrote the internet created 21st century fandom yeah there's there's <laughs> an argument yeah definitely an argument for that i mean the internet really did that's kind of what my chapter talks about that uh spoiler that the, alert <laughs> yeah spoiler alert um that my my uh, it doesn't talk about fan fiction i talk about some other things but that the internet did impact fandom greatly uh, and so, in fact, a number of you remember uh, when I had you guys fill out a survey about, um, you know, do you listen to podcasts? Do you listen to? Well, this is this is the result. It's this chapter. So ah, surprise. Human studies. <laughs> Nicely done, kid. Yep. <laughs> so uh, so if you not want to know where your survey answers went, this is it. It's in this book. <laughs> so uh, so we just wanted to 
give you a, a you know a clear idea of, of, of what the book is about there it's in paperback and hardcover do not get the hardcover it's like a hundred dollars it's not worth it get the get the paperback it's like i think it's like thirty dollars I, I think that's about that on amazon yeah, the same number of words yes it's the same number of words and I think the hardcover is also in black and white. You aren't missing anything. No, it's not like there's a special, you know, hidden DVD chapter. No, <laughs> it's not. So, yeah, skip the hard, uh, hardback. You know, uh, I think comments it's... like these that will ensure we are never published again by <laughs> the Press. Yeah, probably that's true. But just just wanted to, yeah, yeah. Sean says paperback writer. That's right, exactly. Just remember that. Uh, it's also on a Kindle, Nook, whatever uh, e-reader you use. It's on that as well. So um, and uh, so it's at Barnes and Noble and Amazon for sure. Uh, Oxford University Press site. Uh, you can get it there as well. Um, and uh, we had hoped to premiere this of course at the fest for beatles fans yeah mark lapidos had big plans uh yep. to do that and um we were gonna really work hard to get all the contributors Ooh. and more um, yep. now, when is the next fest kit well that's a really good question ken um, <laughs> tell me kitten well, you know, it's supposed to be August uh, is the mm. Chicago Fest. That's in uh, that's your home court advantage. That exactly. But uh, that is very much up in the air. Um, you know, will enough people be vaccinated by then? Will the city allow it? I don't know. Um, well, it's but, not the city of Chicago we have to worry about. Yeah, it's Rosemont. That's yeah, right. Rosemont. Rosemont. Uh, so, and do they even have city administration? I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know how, yeah, how that works. Because I mean, it's they essentially under a freeway, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. Is it 294? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, 294. Very good. Very hey, good. You know. Yeah, I know. You're you're a you you're an old Chicagoan. So yeah, so, gonna, yeah. Um, so so I don't know about that. New York, New York Metro, uh, I would think that would be more of a possibility. Now, is that, um, is there going to be an Oktoberfest? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the okay. New York one. I'm guessing, and I'm stressing. Not to be confused with the actual Oktoberfest. No, not that, no, not the. Spelled with know, a okay. K and in Germany, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Although, you know, maybe we should do something like that. Have like huge beer signs with like, you know, the title of our book or and something. And let's face it, that would work well in Chicago. Land. I think it would. Yeah, I mean, that would, that would work well. Hey, I think we're onto something, but uh, but the uh, the October Fest for Beatles fans um, in New York the uh, New York Metro one. Um, I'm guessing, and I'm stressing guessing at this point that would have a better chance of happening, um, but we don't know. You know, I'm hoping if that happens, then I'm hoping we could have you know something there. You know, or at least sign them. <laughs> That's right. Only the soft cover, though. We're not. No, no, no. We're not doing the hard cover. You, you know, I, I, again, you don't you don't need the hard cover. <laughs> I don't even have the hard cover. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. Neither of us have it. I uh, Yeah. So, yeah. And again, you're not missing anything. But the soft cover is is just fine. But are we missing them? <laughs> yeah, but we're missing them. Yeah, hey, we should have them. But uh, but anyway, so um, so yeah, we just wanted to, you know, give you guys an idea of of what this book is, and and also to say, 
yeah, it's academic, but it's not, you know, it, it's, it's nothing that you won't relate to or, or uh, that you won't enjoy. You know, it's nothing, uh, you know, nothing that lofty. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it'll make you think, though. I mean, it'll definitely make you think. But not about post-structuralism. No, no, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. So, um, you know, so we'll uh, just just wanted to make sure that that we clarified that. And, um, you know, and then, you know, us, we, you know, we anything we do together, it's always fun. So that's right. If nothing know. else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, a lot of people in the comments are saying they agree. They think it's it's going to be the Oktoberfest. That'll, that'll happen, you know, that's got a better chance of happening. I agree. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree. So we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see. Let's hope. I mean, I'd love uh, to have the, the August one happen too. Our home court advantage then. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's your home court advantage. Exactly. But I'll, I'll be there if it, if it happens in October, wherever. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. You are vaccinated and ready to go. Exactly. I've, I'll have my shots and, you know, let's, let's go. Hey, we could make masks made, you know, with our, with the title of our book. I mean, you know, we've swag. got. Swag. Yeah. Yes. We, Fandom we'll swag. swag. Brilliant. Swag. Kid. Brilliant. Absolutely. See, I'm, I'm always thinking. It's always going <laughs> on up there. That's right. Never miss a beat. But anyway, well. Ken, as always, thanks for coming on here, and it's always a great time with you guys, with you, and and uh, and thank you guys for for tuning in. And I've seen some great comments here, and so many friends have been uh, tuning in. Is there anything uh, else that I've uh, missed, Ken? That's coming up that you want to mention, or not to my knowledge, other than I hope everybody is uh, happy and safe out there, all our good friends and. Uh... Um, and thanks for doing what you do, Kitten. Oh, thanks, Ken. Well, and same to you. My gosh, you're, you're, you know, always writing such great stuff and, you know, your podcasts and your classes and everything. So right back at you, really. So, all right, everybody, I will be back next month. I swear I, I will be back <laughs> on time next month. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and remember, Talk More Talk will be back April 12th. So uh, remember the change in date. So, uh, so thank you everybody for tuning in and uh, we will see you next time uh, on either um, in class, on a podcast, wherever you'll, you'll find us. So, <laughs> so thanks everybody. As Ringo says, peace and love. Thanks everybody, stay safe and happy Easter, bye. What? <laughs>